get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alongside former Blue Star defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brownie and Crouppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by our guy, Dan McLaughlin. I was thrilled last night to be able to listen to Danny Mac call an actual Cardinals baseball game. Now there were no fans in the stands and he was solo, but there it was Cardinals there. baseball nonetheless. The DeWitts were there. They, they were indeed. I, I would say they're owners. I don't know that I would call them fans. Dan, <laughs> Thrilled to have you on the show today, man. How was it last night being back on the call for a Cardinals baseball game? Uh, it was great. You know, it was not uh, the norm. Uh, you know, no fans. Uh, it was different, but it was great to see some old friends that I haven't seen in a a long time. So that part was really cool. Um, it was different in the fact that it was not the the norm in how we will have a game on Fox Sports Midwest, but yet it was baseball and. It was something that the Cardinals wanted to do uh, because we'd been putting out clips on social media of just, you know, if a guy got a base hit in these inter-squad games or a home run or a strikeout, and the the reaction to those had been enormous. So it wasn't like this is a moneymaker. There was no money made. There was nothing like that. It was just, hey, let's give the fans something to watch, a diversion, um, uh, something to look forward to. And that's why we did it, and the, the reaction was enormous. So better than expected. Uh, early count was something around you know 100,000 people as of early this morning. I know that the numbers were still coming in, so it, it was really cool, and we're going to do it again uh, hopefully tomorrow. I enjoyed the heck out of watching it, Dan, and one thing that I loved was your interview in the middle of the game with John Mosellock. Uh What was your biggest takeaway from that? Because I thought he was pretty open and honest about a number of topics. I, I agree. I, I know he is... Um, to an extent, I think, exhausted because he's been at the forefront of not only the Cardinals, but all of baseball with the safety and health protocols of, of just trying to get back just to even see if this could work with various proposals of how it would work. Uh, you know, I mean, literally, like, how do you get into the ballpark? How do you test? Where does it go? How does it come back? I mean, just, you know, the simple X, Y, and Z of, of just trying to make this thing work. Um, you know, and then trying to figure out, okay, now we're doing that. Now let's think about our rosters, uh, you know, getting to 30, getting to 28, getting to 26, uh, the 60 games, uh, you know, just and, and condensing this and trying to make it work where you've got a limited amount of time. Uh, what happens when a player is testing positive? How long is he out? When can he come back in? Uh, again, the, the most important thing, the safety and the health protocols of uh, making sure not only the players are, are, are healthy and safe, but those are the, the, the support staff 
everybody that makes this thing go. I mean, it's a it's a massive undertaking, and being for me being on the property, the actual property of Bush Stadium, uh, getting to the ballpark where I parked, walking in, getting my my fever checked or my temperature checked, making sure I didn't have a fever, uh, making sure that I answered the proper questions, and uh, just the the various things that you have to go through just to make sure you can get on the field, get in there, do your job. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy, but that's that's the world we're in right now. Danny, we watched them last night. Uh, scoreless tie, which uh, says two things, uh, that the pitching was really good and that maybe the bats need a little more time to warm up or the players' timing not quite there yet. But you're right there in the building. Uh, what was Jack Flaherty like to watch in what we see his first debut? Not, you know, obviously inter-squad game, but still his first time on the mound where everybody can watch him. Well, you know, guys, I I can understand why fans would say, well, here we go again. The hitting is not there as, you know, we saw how it ended last season. And there were times in the regular season there were lulls with the offense. And then it ended ugly with the offense against the Nationals. And then there wasn't a lot of offense last night. But as it pertained to last night, I, I just thought Flaherty was really good. I actually thought the offense did a pretty good job of making him work and go deep into counts. And the pitch count got up and then he was lifted in the fifth. But I, I thought Gomber was really good. And I, I just think that's where this team is going to have to win their games. Um, it's going to be with their pitching. So as it pertained to Flaherty, there were a couple of the sliders that I thought were just dropping off the table. Typical Jack Flaherty. I thought his velocity was really good, where you could see that that, that hitters just couldn't even pull the, the trigger on a fastball. And uh, and he, he talked about his second half last year being really good with velocity. He likes where his velocity is with his fastball so far here in this camp. And I thought that's what we saw last night. Earlier today, Dan, I talked about the Cardinals bullpen. And I've, I've been stuck on the closer situation the last week or so. And you aren't the only one. Uh, sure. <laughs> I, I, I definitely know that to be true. But I've been looking at it because of Jordan Hicks and because of all the guys that they've been kind of dropping like flies lately, both for injury and guys that just are not at camp yet. But as I was watching Austin Gomber, I thought to myself, well, normally you look at it from the back forward, right? You look at it from right. the closer and then you sure. work your way towards the starter. Is it possible this team is actually going to do the opposite where they start with whoever the next reliever is that comes in, whether it be Gomber or Ponce de Leon or any of these other guys that they have that can basically piggyback and then they work their way towards that ninth inning. Do you think they're going to do the opposite of what we would typically see? I think anything's on the table. I'm not trying to sidestep your question because it's just such an odd year that you can mix and match and go a lot of different ways because they have more arms than I think a lot of other teams do. I think there's a lot of teams that have good starting pitching, and then they have what you would have a typical team with bullpen guys, but because the Cardinals have more arms than other teams, I think you could go a lot of different directions. So if you wanted to go that direction that you're talking about, they probably could. But you look at what you've got. Like I went away driving home last night, and I was thinking, man, after watching Gomber, I, I could see him being in a rotation. I, I could see him being the back end of games. I could see him being a piggyback guy. I, I could see him in a variety of roles. And he actually talked about that after the game, you know, being open-minded to whatever role that they give him in and, and give him in this year. I think the, the bottom line with him, and he's talked to me about this prior to all the Zoom calls, but he just said, man, the, the number one thing is I just want to show everybody that I'm healthy because he's had – 
a long time just to get back to spring training and show everybody that he's healthy. And when he is, he's got nasty stuff, and he showed that yesterday. He was kind of tinkering prior to this season with, does he go with a slider or a cutter? I thought he showed more of a slider last night. He's always had a really good curveball and a good fastball. I thought it was the slider last night that he showed. So when you have three weapons like that, you can you uh, really be used in a variety of roles. And when you have that kind of repertoire, um, you know, sky's the limit. And so that's why I think when you look at the Cardinals and the various arms they can throw at you, and you've got guys that throw really hard, you've got guys that kind of have specialties, um, that's where they're going to be very good and could potentially separate themselves from others in the league. Danny, obviously we're talking real positively about the pitching uh, in our live stream last night. But, of course, this is St. Louis, and so we wake up this morning and we talk about... Well, we dissect everything with baseball. It's okay. That's, yeah. that's what we do. It's I all love right. it. It's, th- this we, is all so great to actually be able to talk about real baseball yeah. again. But we wake Fun. up to 0-0. Zero, zero. Right, okay. and so automatically, right. you know, well, we didn't play the entire game, though. That's why. What's that? We didn't play the entire game. That's why we okay. have more innings to go. But well, that's okay. That being said, you know, the question right away is, okay, yeah, we have the pitching, but where is the offense? And then, of course, today, you know, my good buddy BK and I threw around a discussion about Yasiel Puig, who signed with the Braves. Do you did the Cardinals kick the tires at all on Yasiel no. Puig? No. Uh-uh. No, they they had enough outfielders and to the point that they traded guys away because in, in a normal season, Rivs, this would have been the time to find out about O'Neal and Lane Thomas. So they they were going to figure out one way or another whether these guys can play at this level. And so normal season would have been, at least in my opinion, 30, 45 games beginning of the season, and you would have had a full year, don't get me wrong, but 30, 45 games, start them out, say, okay, they, you know, they're getting going, they're, they're getting comfortable. You may have a good stretch, bad stretch, whatever the case may have been. Um, and Bader, to an extent, too, let him get going, get his feet wet, you know, get comfortable, know you're going to be there every day, don't look over your shoulder. And that's really what they wanted to do, especially with O'Neill. Don't look over your shoulder. So that's why you saw, you know, Randy Arozarena traded away, Jose Martinez traded away. Um, there was uh, Adolis Garcia was here. Those guys are gone. So this was kind of yours to run with. Don't look over your shoulder. Go play. Feel comfortable. Um, and, by the way, the fallback is if there is going to be problems, we know at some point Dylan Carlson is coming. We know that's happening. And you had uh, Dexter Fowler under contract this year and next year. That's a given, too. And, by the way, if, if you felt that uh, there was going to be injury or uh, the guys falter and, and you just said, well, you know, we got to put somebody else out there. If you had to, there's Tommy Edmond you could put out there. There, there. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could have done to mix and match. So, no, I, I don't think they were going to go in that direction at all. And, and if you were going to go in that direction, you would have brought back Marcelo Zuni and you would have done more than just the qualifying offer. We're talking with Danny Mack. He's the Cardinals broadcaster, host of Scoops with Danny Mack Weekdays, which you can hear right here on 101 ESPN from 10 to 11 o'clock. Dan, earlier today it was announced, and I know you discussed this a little bit on your show as well, that uh, one of your partners, Tim McCarver, is going to opt out of the 2020 season. We d- we don't know what his future holds, but I certainly hope we're able to watch him again at some point. Uh, if it, and the possibility is that this is it for, for McCarver, 
What's it been like to work with him? Because I, from my own perspective, it's an absolute joy to watch the two of you together. I think you have unbelievable chemistry, and it's been awesome to watch. But you guys have been working together now for about five years uh, on a day-to-day Longer basis. That, I think, yeah. What, what's it been like for you? Uh, a total privilege. I, I consider it um, one of my best things I've been able ever to do uh, in broadcasting. Um, He's taught me a ton. Um, I've always likened him to being the John Madden of baseball. He called 24 World Series, um, and and that's, I think, something that will never be broken from the analyst side. I'm assuming Joe will will get that on the play-by-play side if he hasn't already. Um, People need to understand there'll never be someone like that ever again, the storyteller, uh, in the game of baseball, which baseball allows you to do that because of the time between pitches and the pace of play. And take him in because there'll never be another one like him. And when he when he got to St. Louis, I always felt it was my job to reintroduce him to our fan base because uh, the generation of fans that grew up watching him adored him as a player because he played in a great era of Cardinal baseball, which was a championship era, and he caught two of the greatest pitchers ever, ever, that played this game in Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton. And he competed in four decades, and he came up as a teenager. And, you know, those kind of things often get overlooked. And I always said to people, especially younger generation of baseball fans, they didn't know him as a player. They always knew him as a broadcaster. And so what I'm saying is that what I needed to do is reintroduce him as a cardinal. You know, we are a hometown broadcast. So when you would watch him and our younger generation of fans saw him when the Cardinals got really good again, and they always saw him in postseason play. And so when you're a fan and fans, you know, when the team does well, you're like, okay, the broadcasters, they're okay on the national level. When the team does poorly, it's like, well, I can't stand that guy. I can't stand that guy. I hate the announcers. They stink. Boom, boom, boom. I I hate them. Well, I always felt like it was my duty to kind of reintroduce him as a Cardinal. And I got him to get going on the great stories that he had of Harry Carey and Bob Gibson, Steve Carlton, the great teams that he played on. And to listen to those stories first-hand accounts of being in the uh, the buses and the hotels and Bob Euchre was his roommate. Um, and to hear those first-hand accounts it was amazing. And to be with him personally and then turn into one of my best friends and still is, uh, is amazing. So like you said, it, he's going to opt out of this year and you don't know about the future. Let's, you know, he, as he said it to me, he's like, I'm retiring right now for this year and we'll see what happens in the future. But you know, God willing, we're back to having a normal opening day next year. And he's a red jacket. He's a red coat. So he's back on opening day and still part of the Hall of Fame ceremonies and the various things that we do with our alumni. He's part of the family, if you will. Um, You know, to have him back and and back with us, I always consider him a cardinal, which is very, very important. But man, it was just, uh, it's, it's, it's just a privilege to be around the guy. And he taught me a lot of things as a broadcaster to be able to go out on a limb and he always said to me, BK and Rivs, it's okay to be to go out on a limb, and if you're wrong, it's okay, because our our job is to entertain, and you made people think at home. Because in baseball, we're always second guessing, right? With the manager, like, would I pitch to this guy, or do I pitch around him? Would I go with a curveball here, a fastball? Oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't start the runner here. 
and he'd make you think. And he'd say, and we'd go out to dinner afterwards. He's like, man, I said this. I'm sure a bunch of people said I was an idiot. He'd go, I don't care. And he didn't. And, and that's what the beauty of Tim McCarver was and is. So great dude, special man. And uh, I had a great conversation with him yesterday. He was very emotional about it because he loves – the game first and foremost, and he loves the Cardinals. He loves the fan base and uh, he's going to be missed this year. There's no doubt about it. Dan, last question that I've got for you. Do you have a favorite Tim McCarver story, whether it be in the booth after a game, a a favorite story that immediately comes to mind as you think about your time specifically with, with Tim, when he was your broadcast partner, I, I would say there's a bunch, but just off the top of my mind, um, bringing Bob Gibson into the booth various times when there was a reunion and just bringing him into the booth and the stories that would go there. But the time also that Bob Euchre brought in a tuba, it was actually Mike Shannon brought in the tuba. He bought a tuba. And for fans that don't know, um, Euchre went and shagged fly balls with a tuba. There was a band on the field at BP um, in the 64 World Series, and he's shagging fly balls with a tuba. And so we had in the booth, it was myself, and I just stepped aside. I'm doing the play-by-play, and there's Euchre, and there's McCarver, and there's Mike Shannon. And just stepping aside and listening to the stories as they have a tuba in the booth. And just thinking about that and the stories that those guys were telling that day about that. Um, And I know I'm not getting to a specific story, but just sitting back as being a kid from St. Louis and hearing that and realizing the history and the years of <clears throat> baseball in the booth that day, um, that comes to mind. Sitting there and just listening to Gibson and McCarver tell stories about what it was like being on the field together and the battery together <clears throat> and, and um, what was going through their minds in particular situations. Um, thinking about what uh, what they were thinking about when Mickey Mantle came to the plate. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on, and I don't mean to bore you, but I think my favorite was um, every time we'd go to San Francisco, um, we would go in and visit with Willie Mays. And every time we walk in, Willie Mays would say, and Willie Mays has very, very, very poor eyesight, um, but he would hear the voice of Tim McCarver, and he'd say, Is that you, Tim? And he said, it's me, Willie. And we sit down and talk to Willie Mays. And he and just the people that Tim knows. And the fact that I'm in there and Tim would always bring me with everybody he knew. Um, and hearing Willie Mays talk to Tim McCarver and just literally like your fly, your fly on the wall. Those are the kind of things that Tim McCarver represents. The love of the game, the love of people, the love of baseball. And those are the kind of favorite stories that always come to mind when I think of Tim McCarver. Well, I hope we're able to hear him again on the broadcast in the future. But regardless of what the future holds for Tim McCarver, it's it's been a pleasure for me to be able to watch the two of you on the Cardinals broadcast since I moved here back in 2016 at this point. So uh, we're going to miss him this year. But, Dan, we uh, are thrilled to be able to have you back on the call for Cardinals games. And we love hearing you every day from 10 to 11 o'clock on Scoops with Danny Mac right here on 101 ESPN. We appreciate the time. Dan, we'll talk with you again tomorrow morning, okay? Thanks, guys. Talk to you tomorrow.